Welcome, welcome to Love Your Falva, a podcast on healing the wounds of the past and coming into your best today by being liberated from the power that the past can have over your life and the decisions that you make today that when accumulated end up becoming your life. And this happens without you being conscious of it. So my aim is to bring more awareness and consciousness of how the past steers the present and how we can use it to our advantage rather than the opposite, rather than being led by it unconsciously. Love Your Falva is all about your inner masculine and feminine energy dynamics and how they show up in your external reality, meaning how they affect all your relationships. That's your relationships with family members, friends, romantic partners, lovers, colleagues, strangers, money, job, creative pursuits, the food you eat, and how you treat and take care of your own body, and everything else in your life. Okay, now let's get to the story, shall we? Because you know I'm a storyteller and that's our favorite part. Before we do though, I'd love for you to know that this podcast includes stories that have required a lot of inner work on my part to finally come to a place of sharing as I'm about to. So I believe that although this podcast isn't for everyone, it is for those who are open to receiving something special, a gift, an inspiration, uh, or an aha moment by investing a chunk of their precious time tuning in as you have right now. So I'd love for us to get intentional together and for you to just take one deep breath with me so that you can receive what you need through this podcast. All right, so hand on heart, deep breath in. Set the intention to receive what you need and slow breath out. Once upon a time, there was a girl in her 20s living alone in a big metropolitan city, a population about 18 million by day, not one of whom she felt understood by. She was an English speaker with ideas and beliefs that seemed to go dead against everyone else's in this Middle Eastern setting. She had recently broken up with a boyfriend, and she was feeling pretty down. So she called her parents, who lived just over an hour away, and they drove in to visit her on a weekend. Her father was to see this new apartment of hers for the first time, and he probed the living room and happily announced that he was happy to see her living conditions and this made his daughter feel proud. Then he went into each of the other two rooms finding that her bedroom um, had a bed right in the middle that was uh, queen-sized made for two people and um, Probably the bed was speaking to him and going, Ha ha, I'm a bed for two, but your daughter is alone. What does that make her? Come on, connect the dots. If she's single and she's got a bed for two, 
What does that make her? Now, his demeanor changed, obviously, and he retreated to the far end corner of the living room to do his afternoon prayers. And once he was done, he refused the fruit that his daughter offered him and said that he was in a hurry to leave. But before he left, he looked straight into his daughter's eyes, red in the face and inflamed with anger. And he said, I come here to see what you've put together for yourself, only to find that you have a bed for two? Shame. You call yourself my daughter? Now, she had had enough of that in her life, so she kind of shrugged it off, even though she did feel um, the sides of her cheeks flushing red, and she felt some weird vibrations running up and down in her body. She was pretty nonchalant about it and spends the next few nights ahead cooking and dancing and just, you know, missing her ex. One morning, though, she woke up, took a long look over her beautiful apartment with her brand new furniture, appliances, and home theater set, and she thought, damn, I feel so friggin' lonely. I don't want any of this. And interestingly enough, that was exactly when the phone rang. It was the affluent religious dude that she had worked with sporadically in the past two years. Just a couple of months back, she had traveled to Dubai to assist him on an art production project, and he had given her signs that he was uh, fond of her. But um, let's just say she didn't exactly like him. But she told her parents about his fondness and about his religiosity and how it turned her off. And her father had reacted this way. You're crazy not to give such an honorable man a chance. When are you going to stop being so stubborn? So back to the phone call. The religious dude begged her to join him on a longer trip to Dubai as he desperately needed her language skills for his new exciting projects. I will pay you double what you're making now. Just say yes. I don't know why I did that accent, but um, who cares? Let's just just go with it. (laughs) Okay, so she took another look at the apartment and said, I need to check with my students. And that was when he said, I'm sure they'll understand. I'll remunerate, I'll compensate. I guarantee you won't be sorry. I don't even know what accent that is, actually, but it's okay. (laughs) So she got on the phone later with a friend, and her friend insisted that she go and have a one-night stand to forget her boyfriend and stop it with the blues, and that that was the way they did it in this day and age. But that's just not me, the girl insisted. However, by the end of the conversation with her friend, an intention was set somewhere deep inside. That night, as she tried to sleep on her uh, two-person bed, she heard her friend's voice ringing in her ears. Hoda, if not in Dubai, then where? This is an opportunity being given to you to take, my friend, and have fun with. By the end of your trip, You won't even remember your ex's name. Trust me, trust me, trust me. The next day, 
She had a fight with her ex over the phone. So she threw her hands up in the air and said, Fine, I give in. I just want to make my dad proud. Dear universe, take me where you want. All right, so now we're in Dubai. In Dubai, the religious dude did everything he could to gain her attention. Remember that she wasn't into this person at all. But she would learn months later, through himself, that he had asked his sister how he could gain the attention of this woman, who was the first and only to reject him despite his wealth and status. His sister had said, Treat her like a queen, like a princess out of a fairy tale, and you shall have her. Now, that explained his efforts. That explained a lot. The limos, the exquisite restaurants, and, of course, the long work hours not allowing her to have a free evening to herself. She was on a mission, after all, for a one-night stand, remember? But he was making sure that that wouldn't happen. He would escort her to the hotel every evening after an exquisite business dinner and pick her up in the morning to go over the day's tasks at a cafe. One morning, as they were nearing the final days of the trip, and they stood on the escalator going up to one of his favorite cafes, she noticed, suddenly, his clean-shaven face. She noticed his red shirt. She noticed that he worked out. She noticed his intoxicating cologne. She noticed all his effort. Suddenly she saw just how badly this guy wanted her and thought, why not have my short affair with him? He's tried so hard, let's throw him a bone. Two birds with one shot, man, why not? (laughs) So as they sat at the cafe, one compliment from her and he was belly laughing with joy. At last, he thought, at long last. Yeah. So, fast forward two months later, and at his demand, she has sold every piece of new furniture she had toiled to buy. She's given back her apartment, and they're living together in an apartment overlooking the Dubai Mall and the famous fountain. And you might say, ooh, the high life. Oh, no sorry, Bob. (laughs) No, sir. Hold your horses. This is what it looked like. Okay, she was now shrouded in hijab, something that made her cringe every time she caught her own reflection in a store display. Her money was now seized by him and held hostage until she would need some so bad that she would have to directly go to him to have it, with, of course, a legitimate reason for spending it. Her skin broke out into uh, rash-like zits, and volcanic pimples. Her ovary began to throb painfully from the inside as though a knife was piercing her from the inside out. And one of her breasts formed a lump all within a month. Yeah, so that happened. One evening, after a day of paperwork at a government office, She was just sitting quietly on the floor, working away at her laptop, and suddenly she noticed him staring diabolically at her. But because she was too exhausted with the past few months of this same old crap, she paid no attention and continued to tap away at her laptop. 
But then he suddenly hopped down from the sofa, crouched close, putting his lips to her left ear, whispering, Do you know something? Do you know a little secret? And she just shrugged and nonchalantly said, No, what what secret? I'm going to tell you a secret, and I want you to listen very carefully. He paused, and then he puffed. All women are whores, and you're one of them. Snap, man, snap. She snapped. She snapped and darted for the balcony and found herself somehow sitting on the ledge of the balcony rim on the 27th floor of a high-rise with the wind howling in her face just slightly from the left side. The only contact between her body and the ledge was four fingers and her glutes barely sitting on the ledge. The thoughts running through her mind in that moment were, It's hopeless. I have no business. I have no home. I have no money. I have no support. My father, oh God, my father. I did this for him, but I just can't put up with this. I can't do it. I can't make him proud. I will sooner die. Oh dear God. And as she's thought about whether her collision with the ground beneath would be clean enough, thinking about... Um, the people that would have to identify her body and that she wants this to be um, not so harrowing for them. Uh, And considering all of those little details, the religious dude grabbed her by the waist and took her back onto the balcony floor. She broke into tears, obviously, and he stared at her and said, What is wrong with you? I mean, he was kind of right, right? What was wrong with that girl, with the 28-year-old me, to even end up there to begin with? I'll tell you what it was, if you haven't been able to put two and two together yet. It's called gaining father's validation. It's called carrying a father wound so deep that it would drive me to certain circumstances and situations without me being aware or conscious of it. Which is why I do what I do and I'm at your service today. So there's so much in that story to break down that we're not going to go deep into here. But I would love to hear your questions. If you've got any, please send my way. So the reason why I've shared this story with you is for you to try and see through some of the questions that I'm going to ask you right now, uh, how the deep messages that are at the core of this story might resonate with you, uh, even though it might seem like that story is so irrelevant to your life. By answering the following questions, you're actually going to understand a lot about how and why this story might be relevant for you. So the main question is, have you found yourself in romantic relationships that have the following qualities? I'm going to pose 10 qualities and you can answer either a stark no or mostly no or stark yes or mostly yes to any one of these 10 qualities. Number one, you long to please your partner and bring them pride and honor with what you're doing with your life. 
Number two, you see things in them that they're completely oblivious to, but you see it, and you long to help them. So you turn them into your lifelong committed project of salvation. Number three, you'll morph into a different version of you that you don't recognize in order to please them. Now, there's going to be a lot of resistance and denial around this question, around this particular quality. It's a tricky one, and it could be hidden. We don't like to identify as people who actually change for someone else to please them or for them to like us. But be brutally honest with yourself. Do you change parts of yourself to be liked, accepted, loved by your partner? Number four, deep, deep down, you long to take their hand and take them to the father in your head and with a big, bright smile, introduce them to your father and finally get his validation. Number five, you long for your father's validation, generally. Number six, you feel misunderstood and unseen by your father. Number seven, you love your father deeply but are in denial of it and would prefer to say you're nothing like him and that maybe you even dislike him. Number eight, you wish you could save your father from something painful that perhaps you can't even describe. Number nine, you have a messed up relationship with your father, if any to begin with. Number ten, your father wasn't there for you when you really needed him while you were growing up. Sometimes he was, perhaps, but mostly he wasn't. Now, if you answered a yes to at least five of those questions, congratulations. You are now aware of what is called a father wound deep inside. And to a certain extent, now you understand where you might stand with this wound. Now, let's get to how to heal the father wound, shall we? Three steps, plain and simple. Number one. Identify your difficult past experiences. Having a father wound means you've been through some shiz, all right? Stop telling everyone, especially yourself, that you're perfect and that your childhood was so glorious that when you farted, you could almost see the pink rose petals wafting in the air, okay? All right. (laughs) Number two, accept that identifying some difficult or weird or even traumatizing memories from the past does not make your father a villain. Nobody wants to say that their father was a villain. Of course you'll go on in denial if you think in such a black and white way. Our parents may have messed up in some places, but they did their best 
in some other places and we're thankful for those blessings and we want to focus on those sure and we love our parents we don't want our coach uh, especially other people to think that our parents were terrible right of course we don't so if you need to do some healing and you need to reveal certain things to your coach remember your secret is safe with your coach with that person who's holding a safe space for you to share stuff now now that that is established that your parents were not villains let's um heal the boo-boos shall we (laughs) those boo-boos mostly need to be healed one by one by the way all right let's move on to number three If you're playing back certain memories or finding yourself in certain nightmarish relationship loops, make sure to find a coach or a therapist to process it and get it out of your body because a YouTube video isn't going to release it from your body. And memories actually need to be released from your physical body. Sorry, I know that that sounds annoying, but I can't emphasize that enough. If you do have a coach, Make sure to journal and communicate it to them so that she could help you release it from your body. And that's it. Right this minute, before we close, you can simply breathe in deep. Close your eyes. And as you breathe out, one memory might come up that's probably been haunting you for a long time. Just let it come up. Simply open your eyes and record it this way. Age, where, what. So three steps. How old were you? Where were you? What happened? If you have a coach who is an expert in trauma release and inner child reparenting, and you take these three key pieces of information to them, They'll help you to release the trauma once and for all. My dear friends, we are here specifically to heal our painful memories one by one and allow momentum in our lives to happen. I myself am still in this process as I build Falva. And the stories I share with you are stories I've done so much work around that I have not only the courage to share it with you, but I see it as a far-off narrative that isn't my identity, which is why I can share it. It's just something that I went through as training, as the pressure and the darkness and the pain needed for a diamond to be created and shared with you today. It's my honor to do so, but only because I've released the traumas of those stories from my body, and that's how I can be of service to you today. That's how you will be able to fulfill whatever dream you have that you want to realize and whatever it is that you want to create with the life that you have right now. This one life, right? Momentum towards it comes with releasing the blockages, not identifying with the icky stuff and then owning their scars and their shine because scars are a bit shiny, right? And what you've learned from them. That, my friend, from my humble experience so far, is being human. And right now, I am loving being human. I'm loving my falva, both the phallic or masculine and vulvic or feminine energies within, my, within myself, modeled by my father and mother. 
during my 20s, my falva was way out of whack, man. But today, I love my falva without feeling like I need to choose between phallic or vulvic. It's this and that. Even though I myself come from a deep father wound and uh, the mother wound too, actually. So stay tuned because after my breakup, I ended up under the same roof with my mom and dad after almost a decade away and thinking I was way too independent to live with them again. The very idea of living under one roof with my dad and his rules felt impossible. This is going to be the next podcast. Um, Stay tuned. Stay self-aware. And if you want to start that journey of deeper self-awareness, take my six-day course, Who Am I? Then hop on that one-on-one session with myself so we can dive deep into your most pressing questions. And if you're not ready to do that, you have the option of taking the course without the one-on-one session. At the end of the day, you have nothing to lose because this is a money-back guarantee course. (laughs) Allow your curiosity to explore, get to know your falva better, and come into that deliciously peaceful place of loving your falva. And thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.